Hey all, let me tell you about kids. Sometimes they play with stuff. Sometimes it happens while you're recording. Unfortunately, this is one of those times. Enjoy! Welcome to the Infinity Initiative, a 10th anniversary Marvel Cinematic Universe movie rewatch podcast. Episode 8, Thor The Dark World. Hello there. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative. Avengers Infinity War is just over the horizon. To prepare, we're watching all the MCU movies in order. My name is Stuart, and I'm joined by my good friend Casey. Hello. We're big MCU fans and are super excited to rewatch these movies. So let's dive into Alan Taylor's 2013 Thor The Dark World. Hey Casey, how are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. So uh introduce yourself who are you and what makes you famous uh i am casey and there's nothing that makes me famous whatsoever <laughs> um i have uh um guested on a, a couple of the the welcome to level, level seven, seven podcasts mm-hmm. uh, you did a daredevil and, uh, right daredevil and it was season two like episode three or something like that i remember we talked about being a it, good irishman but not a good Irish, not a good Irishman. It was weird. We talked about that for a long time. <laughs> yes, it was the funeral episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. so cool. Are you super excited for uh, Infinity War? This is what everything has been building for in the last how many years? Ten years, whatever. Ten years, yeah. And when I started collecting comics as a kid, those first couple of months, Infinity War was the crossover that came out, and I was hooked. So, oh yeah, so you've, oh, you've yeah. actually you've actually read the Infinity War um, Infinity War comic series then? Yes, yep. And I have the trade paperback of it somewhere yeah. in the middle of packing at the moment. So who knows where? But yeah, it's one of my favorite storylines from when I was a kid. Really, I've never read that. I've read the Civil War, you know, massive event, and that mm-hmm. was pretty fun. And we'll get to that in what five movies? somewhere down the line some yeah somewhere down the line on the road again uh so yeah we'll get to that sooner or later um but i really did enjoy uh um i'm looking forward to infinity war it's we're we're about oh three months away now it's middle of february march april may yeah about three months yeah there's about there's lots we got we got one movie coming out this weekend it's it's um, the Black Panther, which is Pink Panther's cousin. Has nothing to do with that, though. No. But that's not no. the movie we're talking about today. Right now, yep. we are talking about Thor the Dark World. Yes. And astute listeners might be very curious to know my thoughts on this movie. They might not. They might be like, we don't care. Why are you still talking? And in that case, you know, because I can so Casey, yes. what do you remember about seeing this movie way back in 2013? Well, uh, I did not see it originally way back in 2013. Um, I had seen, I, to be honest, I'm still trying to catch up. I've been hit and miss over the last 10 years on which MCU movies I have seen, which ones I haven't. Um, so I'm, I'm following along some of this, this podcast and Okay. Yeah, I want to see that one, or yeah, I can skip that one. You know that I haven't seen yet, and and all that. Uh, to my surprise, Thor one was one of my favorites 
mm-hmm. uh, when it came out. Uh, and so I was excited for, for Thor 2 as well. And it was, and it, it had a lot of the, a lot of things that I liked from Thor 1 carried over, but it was also so very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and knowing now, looking back and, and reading some stuff and seeing what was going on behind the scenes that I didn't know then, it kind of explained some of that. Uh, and, but it was, and I, I think, I, I tell people that I liked it when I first saw it. And they're like, really? You liked Thor too? <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, no, I honestly did. Um, and I still liked it when I re- rewatched it for this. Uh, didn't quite like it as much as I remember liking it the first time I watched it. So. So I am literally the opposite. 180 <laughs> degrees. Um, we saw it in a very rundown um, theater. Not not rundown, but it's a second run theater. It wasn't, you know, it didn't have the Dolby 5, you know, 7.1 surround sound. It wasn't a whatever. It was very, it was very small theater, very old theater. Like it had one big speaker right behind the screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> thankfully, we couldn't hear Godzilla in the background, which is another story. We went and saw uh, Gone with the Wind way back, gosh, 20 years ago now or something like that. And on the back side of the theater, so the screen on the back side was Godzilla. And so you'd hear, frankly, my dear, it was pretty, it was pretty sad. Uh, but anyway, that wasn't this. The, the screen, it, the bulb must have been going out in the theater. It was very hard to see, very hard to understand. I did not have a good time. My wife and I sort of walked out and went, okay, that was dumb. I'm so glad we paid for that. Um, granted, we only paid three bucks because it was a second-run theater. But we still, you know, we're out some money. I, I demand mm-hmm. a refund. Uh, but then, yeah, right? But then re-watching for the, for the show, um, I actually realized that, you know, it wasn't nearly as bad. So I, I'm a little, I don't know what to think now. Honestly, I'm, I'm confused. I have, I have confusion over this movie. Well, one of the things that you and I have, have talked about before, and it sounds like it fits for, for both of us for this is that we need to judge the movie based on the movie itself, not based on our experience (laughs) watching it, not based on what other people say about it, but actually sitting down and watching it ourselves. And what do we think of it? And, and it seems like for both of us, this, that was important for this movie. Well, it was also important in time. You know, it's like uh, something about eating meat when you're a child or vegetables when you're a child and, and not liking them then. And then, you know, when you become an adult, you do something. I'm not the pastor here. So, you know, I, I don't I'm not the Bible scholar, um, but that's something in the Bible. That's for sure. Ben would know. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, the point of it being that times change you get to see a little bit of um hindsight being 2020 so it changes your opinion on things what did you like now what did what did i like now what are your thoughts on this now maybe not what did you like but what are your thoughts the the second go around the the Mm rewatching um i liked some of the things i liked is uh I really love the relationship between 
between Oda, o- Odin and his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and I saw that the first time through, but it didn't really resonate. Um, and, and you didn't as get as much of a sense of that. I don't think during the first one, but there, there really was a, just a, it almost seemed like a friendship in addition to the relationship mm-hmm. and, and genuine caring, uh, among them. And that, that was really neat. And that's, a, I mean, it's a small thing in the, in the sense of things, uh, the fight scenes were, 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 I think really well done and really neat to see. Um, love that. Uh, and there's the, the it crowd cameo, uh, that Which, gets me every time. Seabass, Seabass, Seabass. I'll just stay here and say Seabass <laughs> all by myself. Yeah, I didn't, I think I've seen, I didn't catch that first, certainly I didn't catch that the first time around. Maybe I did, but I don't remember doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen the IT crowd since I've seen this. Um, maybe. I don't know for sure. But uh, yeah, the second time around, I definitely caught that and definitely liked that. Uh, it, of course, it takes place in London, so it's it's funny to see that. Um, yeah, and I didn't I didn't catch it the first time actually either. Hope my wife pointed it out because his accent wasn't nearly as yeah uh, pronounced. His accent in IT Crowd is very very pronounced. Yes, um, not so much in other things. But then, of course, his accent. I mean, the IT Crowd is. I think it's on the BBC. It could be ITV, but regardless, it's for Great Britain. It's not mm-hmm. for us in North America. I mean, it can be, but it, you know, they're they're a lot more tuned to those things. I'm gonna edit all that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I I really liked Natalie Portman. I mean, she wasn't in the Avengers. And that gets brought up, you know, and so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I really liked the idea that uh, looking back on it and being able to watch it with a little bit of context, I can understand what's happening um, and what sort of they're setting up, right? It definitely feels like a number two movie, and we talked about this in the Iron Man 2 um, episode. And then we followed that up in the Iron Man 3 episode where this definitely feels like a number two movie. It's, it ends on kind of a downer. It's got kind of that Empire Strikes Back vibe. You've seen that one, right? Yes. Okay. And and it's funny you bring that up because one of the things I was reading, I don't remember if it was uh, Kevin, how, how do you say his name? Feige? Feige. Feige. I don't know if it was him or somebody alongside him, but he said that was a very conscious thing. And on the, the phase two movies was to give it that, that empire strikes back feel, uh, including to the point of somebody in every movie losing their arm, <laughs> which happens so, in this movie. Yeah. And twice. So, if you count illusions. Right. And so my, one of the things I asked the, uh, the group is, is, or Samantha, it might've been just Samantha is, you know, it, why I didn't realize Thor was an Anakin, was a Skywalker. And and she replied back, well, of course, Padma's dating him. <laughs> so that's a little Funny bit of the- a nerd joke there for you, if you're listening to this Actually, and not a nerd. That's funny, too, because my son has, has recently gotten very big into Star Wars, and he loves, uh, you know, the loves all of them. You know, he doesn't have a preference, old, new, whatever. And uh, I'm watching this. I'm like, Thor makes a better, better boyfriend than, than Anakin does. 
he didn't agree as much, but well, yeah, he also makes a great dad. So yeah, because he's Kirk's dad. There's your Star Trek mention. <laughs> uh, we're about ten minutes in, so you know, keep keep tabs on it. Um, oh, this had our first uh, Agents of Shield crossover. It was yes. It had our. It, it was the first time that um, they did it. It was it was a big thing coming to Agents of Shield. You're gonna make sure you go to the movie, and then it'll definitely tie in and not really tie in at all to the TV show. Um, it, it was it was like the first three minutes or something like that. They were in. Uh, they were fixing all the 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 stuff in London, and then they found a staff of. Asgard, and then they went and talked to the guy from um, from everything. From everything, but specifically, I'm thinking of uh, Ghostbusters too. Everything you're doing yes. is wrong. Um. So yeah, that was that's a pretty uh, it's pretty fun thing. Um. So what do you what do you think it adds to the greater? MCU, you know, this is, might be a place where we can talk about Infinity Stones or, um, you know, stuff like that. Okay, um, that was one of the hardest things that that watching it the, the second go around that I actually had going through is is you know the what where does it fit what what is it doing what is it accomplishing? Um, I don't know if this counts as a spoiler, but the only thing I came up with is it kind of explains and sets up where Loki is going forward mm-hmm. uh, to the to a future movie. I'll say, uh, from what I've heard, I haven't seen the future movie oh, yet. Okay. <laughs> but uh, from what I understand, it puts him where he's supposed to be for that movie, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know it with the darker tone, I have to wonder as I'm watching through this kind of, what were they going for? What was the, the direction? What was the purpose behind it? And I didn't come up with a good answer to be honest. Well, I think we're, so you haven't seen the second movie or the third movie. Ragnarok is what we're talking about. You haven't seen Ragnarok yet. And definitely I think it adds to that, that Empire Strike Backness, that uh, episode two ness of it, that middle chapter of it, where it kind of leads, you know, the middle part of a trilogy, it leads you on a down note. Um, it propels the characters to a place where they're going to have to change. You know, it puts it puts Thor in a position at the end of this movie where he has to really make a decision: is he going to become the king of Asgard, or is he just going to be kind of a party boy? Um, and he does make the decision, obviously, you know, spoilers for, for Ragnarok. I don't want to get too much into it because of my co-host, but you know, <laughs> the idea is that you have seen them. So, um, but yeah, he does, he does make that decision. Um, and you know, even the smaller characters like Heimdall has a little bit of character growth through it too. Yeah. Idris Elba is pretty fantastic in everything he does, but this is also He's one amazing. of those. He is amazing. I'm rewatching The Wire, and oh my gosh, that man can act. Um, I guess he's also pretty pretty easy on the eyes, I guess. I don't know. So say the ladies. So say the ladies. They also say the same thing about Chris Hemsworth, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, they don't say that about me, so. They don't say that about me either. But it, it gives us the uh, the collector at the end. 
um, mm-hmm. wherein, you know, he's, oh, there are two or one, five more to go. But we also know that the Tesseract is on Asgard. Um, and then the ether, which is the red stuff that gets put into Natalie Portman is um, on, is with the collector. So going into guarding, you know, going into other future movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, we can sort of track that. And we are, I'm now starting to track where those things are so that when we get to Infinity War, we'll know. Or at least I'll know. You might have to listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs> um, I will. I will listen to the podcast whether I whether I know or not. There you go. Uh, Loki is Odin, which is a big deal in the end or the beginning of Ragnarok. Um, and if you know about it, you know about it. And if you don't, you don't. Um, we get uh, Lady Sif. She comes back a couple of times for Agents of Shield. Um, she mm-hmm. doesn't come back in Ragnarok. I don't think. But it, she's still a fun character to have, and I liked that she was a good Asgardian for um, Agents of Shield. Uh, let's see what else does it add to us? That's about it. I mean, this the relationship between Thor and Jane uh, is a weird sort of, I think, dangling plot thread that hasn't been necessarily um, picked up on. You know, uh, mm-hmm. um. She doesn't show up in in Ultron, and and that's pretty problematic. You would think that she could show up in Ultron, or might should, um, but she doesn't. So at least at that party where they're all sort of sitting there going, "We're girlfriends, man," and they're not <laughs> there. Uh, so yeah. Well, I think I think what it does too is it definitely. You kind of you kind of said this a little bit, but it kind it develops the relationships between people mm-hmm. in in the Thor universe, you know, um, between not only Jane but the other humans, uh, between uh, Thor and Odin, and Thor and Loki has you know maybe one of the biggest um, growths in relationship there. Uh, you know, you see a, a setup for a, a possible relationship if something happens to Jane between Sif and, and Thor, um, Heimdall's also always awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. it's it, it definitely developed those relationships more like, and, and I, and I, I agree with how you said it. It definitely feels like a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like an end and it's definitely not a beginning. So, right. And that's not something <laughs> I, I glommed on to the first time I saw it. And, and I, and this might be a downfall of the of the show of the movie that it's not a gleaming. You don't necessarily realize it's a part two when the first time you watch it, and when the first time I watched it back in the theater days, we didn't know that Ragnarok and you know Infinity War was coming out. We were still sort of, what's going on? What's the sort of end game of this? Um, all of those things, right? Now, right? now we sort of can look at it with a little bit of hindsight. I would imagine much the same way that you know people felt with um, with Empire Strikes Back when they first saw it. Do you have anything else for this movie? the The only other thing it's not in its relationship to the MCU, mm-hmm. but where I really saw where I really was connected with Thor two the most uh, when it came out. Was I, I was playing a, an online game called 
Marvel Avengers Alliance. I was playing I was playing that game and and in the the different movies that would come out and different events in the comics as well, but especially every MCU movie that would come out, there'd be new content released and new characters and and all that and and the the Dark Elves and and Malekith and Cruz were some of the hardest enemies to fight in that game when it when it when it came out. Uh, and so they're very crystal clear in my head from that game, which unfortunately has since closed down and is a sad note. And and I might shed a tear on that. But, uh, it, you know, that's one of my, my bigger memories from Thor 2 and the effects that it had on me, at least, if right. not the MCU uh, itself. Right. Well, there you go. Marvel, uh, what was it called? Marvel? Avengers Alliance. Was M-A-A. That- was that a uh, match three game? Could like, be like a bejeweled type game. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a. Uh, I I don't know the gaming terms for what kind of games or what, but. Uh, okay. You, you had three guys and you fight the enemies, one click at a time. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah, turn, I, ba- I think it was like a turn-based RPG is the maybe the technical term. I don't know. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it started as a Facebook game. As most, as all good games have done, started as a Facebook game. There you go. <laughs> and now it's dead. <laughs> yes. Okay. And the last thing I'll, I'll say on it is I blame all the the stuff that people don't like about the movie uh-huh. everything that quote unquote didn't go right or was a misstep or whatever i think all that could have been solved just by having kenneth Branagh back as the director well yeah and and <laughs> i don't know the ins and outs of that um but i agree <laughs> so, the only yeah the only rumor i was able to find i, I tried to look up is I guess Marvel had a set release date for oh, this yeah. movie and he didn't want to work within those time constraints. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but well, you know, Marvel, we had the, we, we had this with Joss Whedon right at the end of, uh, Ultron, where Ultron was very challenging for, for Mr. Whedon because it was, uh, it was very confined, you know, Feige had very set points plotted out and Joss wanted to go off and do something else as Joss is wanting to do. And so, you know, the same thing with the, um, Edgar Wright from, uh, Ant-Man, he wanted to go off and do a little bit of a different thing. So it is interesting that Kenneth Branagh was involved in something similar to that. Um, but you know, who at the end of the day, who's winning Kevin Feige surely not losing. So that's for sure. And, and, and to be honest, murder on the Orient express is a great movie and Kenneth Branagh should be applauded for that too. So in fact, everything Kenneth Branagh has touched is a great movie, including the first Thor. Uh, okay. I've, I've actually heard the opposite about murder on the Orient express. So I'm interested oh. to see it myself and to decide. I, we liked it. I thought it was good, but awesome. You know, I don't know the story very well. Yeah. And to be fair, I kind of guessed it, but that doesn't mean <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> no. So, 
it looked fantastic. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Like everything he touches. Yeah. Well, so thank- this week on the Kenneth Brana podcast, right? <laughs> thank you for rewatching Thor: The Dark World with us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to share your thoughts with us, head on over to welcome to level seven dot com forward slash feedback, where you can find a great many ways to keep the conversation going. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative is a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Once again, thank you for listening. Next episode, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. My Stuart impression. Winter Soldier is the best movie ever! Woo!